Fortress Canine Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 78 of the Protection Dog Podcast, where we offer an alternative to conventional training methods and philosophy. I'm your host, Joel Riles, and today we are going to be talking about the myth of the alpha male and the wolf versus the dog. And um, I just mentioned, if, you, uh, if you're not tracking, that I've made a little bit of shift over the last probably four to six episodes. I've begun streaming these live while recording them. So the, uh, the folks over on my Instagram feed uh, can listen to them as they're being recorded. And, uh, and then they go up into my Instagram stories posts so if you want to kind of, uh, if you've listened to all the podcasts and you're like, I want to listen to some more, you can go over there and, um, and check those out. Uh, but it also allows them to interact a little bit. I drive while I record these, so I can't interact a ton, uh, especially if the comment is long. I just can't look away from the road that long to, to read it. I can kind of glance from time to time. But um, I told them before we started, I said, I will try to... Um, do my best to differentiate what is actual myth and not true, right? So factually not true um, that a lot of people in the dog world, dog industry believe. And what's my opinion? This is going to be a bit of a thought experiment. And um, it's one that I've given a lot of thought to. Um, I believe that I'm probably correct in most of what I think here, but it's just my opinion and I could be totally wrong. And, and I'm cool with that too. I, I'm not a person who's generally stuck on my opinions. Um, I used to be when I was younger and I realized that um, if you're too dogmatic about things and not at least open to allowing your thoughts and ideas to be challenged without getting upset about it, then uh, you're probably not that confident in what you believe. And the more confident you become in what you believe, uh, the more willing you are to accept challenges to it and also the more you're willing to change what you believe if you're wrong, right? And what I've found is over the years, um, when I first got away from dogmatism a bit, um, I had some decent shifts in my thought process and then things have kind of settled back down again now that I allowed some other uh, influences in, allowed some things that I had previously not challenged to be challenged and stuff like that. So this will be a topic for some of you that's kind of like that. There, there are a lot of people who have really, really strong feelings and beliefs here, and I'm going to challenge some of those today. So we'll see how that goes. All right, but before we do that, let's get into today, to today's sponsor, if I can talk properly tonight. Today's sponsor is Fortress Canine. Fortress Canine is bringing you peace of mind through protection dogs. We sell German Shepherds, Dutch Shepherds, and Belgian Malinois as fully trained protection dogs. We have three different protection dog training levels. We call them personal protection dogs, family protection dogs, and executive protection dogs. Really, those are just titles for different levels. If you're interested in purchasing a dog that is a trained protection dog, that is also trained to be safe around your children, your other pets, to move in public, to be stable, solid, and socialized. I was gonna say sociable, if that's a word. Is that even a word? I'm not sure. Um, around other people, other animals, all that good stuff, give us a call. You can find out more information about us by visiting FortressCanine.com. But honestly, the best thing to do is to go over to our Instagram page, at Fortress Canine. 
check out our videos, pictures, and then send me a DM over there and I will get you set up with all the information you need. But you can also check us out um, by email. You send me an email, joel at fortressk9.com. You can check us out on Facebook. I'm at Fortress K9 Dogs. Long story, but I, I messed up my at Fortress K9 by prematurely creating a page and then realizing I needed to merge it with my old page and I lost my Fortress K9. So now it's at Fortress K9 Dogs. And we're also over on YouTube at Fortress K9. That's right. Don't call me. Text me. You can text me as well. 813-836-9244. But as Tracy says, don't call me. Uh, I do not answer numbers I don't recognize. Text is the best way to reach me. If you do leave me a voicemail, I'll check in about six months. That's how voicemail works for me. I'm very busy with the dogs. Uh, I love my clients, but follow instructions. Send me a text. Don't call me. All right. Uh, also, real quick mention, um, we are starting to get active over on MeWe. So you can find us over there too, but we are just starting, so I don't have a lot of content over there yet. Um, but we have the, the page over there, I'm not, I can't run an extra two or three pages on another platform. So I just made one page, it's Fortress K9 and K9 Academy, and the and is like an ampersand. So Fortress K9 and K9 Academy, um, all of my content that I put up there will be kind of a conglomeration. And then if we get enough interaction and it justifies the effort over there, uh, I may I may divide that back out. But we're over on MeWe. I'm giving Float a try, F-L-O-T-E, but I'm still trying to figure that one out, so there's not much over there at all yet. And then um, and then we are also starting, I started today uploading uh, videos over on Odyssey. And if you're not familiar, Odyssey and Library, I guess, are the same company. I don't know exactly how it all works together uh, on the backside, but they are like a YouTube uh, a version of a YouTube type of platform, uh, but it's built on blockchain technology and it is um, it's supposedly like non-censored and all that kind of stuff. So if that's a concern for you and you feel that uh, some of the content you like is being censored uh, or some of the content you're making is being censored, you might want to consider starting to put stuff over there on Odyssey. Also, Library, it's, it's L-B-R-Y, Library, has a methodology by which you can back up all of your YouTube videos. So if you are a YouTube creator, I know this is off topic, sorry, uh, but it's worth mentioning real quick. If you're a YouTube creator and you have a crap ton of videos on YouTube, um, I think you have to have at least 100 videos and at least 300 followers uh, in order for them to do this automatically, but they will download all of your YouTube. It takes you know up to like a couple weeks, depending on how much stuff is there but they will download it for you onto a library backup. And then once it's set up, it will every time you upload to YouTube, it will automatically kick it over to a library. So, all right, just a little side note there. Um, and if you're interested in puppies, we have a very few puppies available. Now we're getting a lot of interest. Nobody has pulled the trigger yet, but I have a male and female German Shepherd, and I may be convinced to let a little female Mally go as well. Um, so if you're interested in any of those, let me know. All right, let's jump into today's topic so I can either make you think really hard or make you get really pissed off at me. I'm good either way. So the myth of the alpha dog and the wolf versus the dog. So first of all, the idea of the alpha dog concept, and it, it now seems mainstream. I don't know how this stuff happens where uh, somebody will do a study, they'll use the terminology, 
people embrace it and then they find out later the study was flawed but it doesn't change people still kind of keep believing uh, what they want to believe I guess so there was a study done on wolves in captivity and the, the researcher was watching the wolves interact in captivity and noticed that in this environment one dog rose to the top and was what you might call the alpha right and then there were these betas and, and a lot of people use this terminology when referring to like you know men who are uh, you know more masculine versus men who are more effeminate and all that kind of stuff alpha males beta males all that kind of idea I don't know if it's directly connected but we're all familiar with those terms right <clears throat> and so they developed this idea that within the dog world that all the all of the dogs around us all the dogs that we see will respond to an alpha right and that the alpha is kind of the dominant the alpha is the one in charge of everything blah 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 well <clears throat> then they some people started kind of challenging this research and said well this is how wolves behave in captivity how do they behave naturally in a natural environment and they came to find out number one males don't dominate in nature the females do because the males typically you know you do have what you might describe as an alpha male and a beta male in the, the dog population. The alpha males go off on their own and they find other females in heat and they breed them and they fight over them and all that stuff. And the beta males stay with the pack but are generally not as dominant because when females come into heat, which is what the packs are primarily made up of is females, they come into heat and then they go out and um, they will actually go away from the, the pack uh, so that the males can come and find them and then once they're bred they stay away from the pack Until they've had their litter and then when their pups are strong enough, they bring them back to the pack So that's kind of generalized how it works and I'm sure there's exceptions and stuff like that But as a general rule, that's what happens. So <clears throat> So this idea That an alpha male or an alpha is dominant is somewhat flawed because the reason the females dominate the packs is because um, there's typically what you call a matriarch of the pack, which is the mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, etc., of all the other dogs in the pack, right? So it's very familial. It's not a domination setup as much as it is a familial setup. The female had pups. The females, her female pups stayed with her they had pups, those female pups stayed and on and on and it set up a precedence where the, the matriarch kind of controlled where the pack went and what they did. So it was a very different setup. So a lot of the training philosophies and methodologies of you know dominating your dog, flipping it upside down and holding it on the ground and all this other stuff, well, sometimes those things can work in certain situations. They are very dangerous practices and, uh, and I do not recommend them at all. Now, when you're dealing with an aggressive dog, there's always some level of danger uh, because dogs are predators and they can hurt you. But um, but we, we deal with aggression issues very, very differently than that. Um, so, um, I also wanted to kind of address briefly the flaw of the survival of the fittest. So, <clears throat> a lot of people will hear, you know, a lot of people believe survival of the fittest is kind of, you know, how this happens, how that happens, and blah, blah, blah. And while there is certainly a, a case to be made that if you are more fit, 
whether you're more fit mentally, whether you're more fit physically, whether you're more fit in other ways, you know, your immune system is strong or whatever, that you tend to survive while others don't. This is not a universal principle that can be applied to all things, especially things like, you know, let's just say plankton in the ocean, right? When a whale swims by and eats a bunch of plankton, it has nothing to do with whether or not the plankton was more or less fit, right? It, that's kind of a random occurrence. Things like fires in forests have nothing to do in terms of what they kill and what survives with uh, fitness, right? It's just wherever that location is. So we have to be careful adopting these things too dogmatically because what happens is we end up taking these ideas, these concepts, and we apply them to all sorts of other things. And whether you realize that you're doing it or not, we call these presuppositions, right? So when you're in the uh, world of knowing why you know what you know or why you believe what you believe, which most people never spend much time on, that's why you probably get mad when somebody challenges your beliefs because you don't know why you believe it. And when you spend time discovering why you believe something or why you think something, what you start discovering is what we call presuppositions. It's things that you suppose to be true that you've never proven out. And a lot of presuppositions can't be proven, okay? So for instance, the existence of God, right? You cannot prove the existence of God and you cannot prove that God doesn't exist. <clears throat> you can find evidence that may convince you one way or another, but that is an unprovable. It is not capable of being proven. Right? And there are, there are all sorts of arguments on both sides, but it's important that both sides recommend, and, both, and people who feel strongly on both sides of this idea will be very upset by this typically. I was very upset by it when I first heard it. It is impossible to prove, right? Just like it's impossible to prove that two is two, or that four is four, right? These are things that we just accept. It's called an axiom. It's something that's a foundational principle that can't be proven but is accepted. Now, not all can't be proven are accepted. For instance, the existence of God is one that some accept and some don't, right? But <clears throat> we all have presuppositions and we have a lot of other presuppositions that can be easily proven false. And then we have a lot of presuppositions that are true. And so um, a lot of the way you look at the world is based around things that were put into you, presuppositions that were instilled in you when you were very, very young, like two, three, or five years old and these will have a huge impact on you all right so here is a presupposition that I'll challenge for you and again this is this is all opinion now we're switching over to opinion so all that about the, the alpha male with the, that concept coming from the study of wolves in captivity and then how wolves actually act in nature um, that was factual now they may discover some some you know changes or differences to that but those are the current uh, studies as of the last time I looked them up which has been a couple years I'll admit um, so if there's something newer you guys can send me an email and tell me how much I suck but now the <clears throat> wolf versus the dog so here's a presupposition that most people have and I hear it from people who are highly educated I hear it from people who are not educated people who are steeped in the dog world and people who are not it seems almost universal here's the concept all of the dogs that we have came from the wolf, right? Well, first of all, I've always kind of been like, well, why is it the wolf? Why isn't it the dingo or the fox or the coyote or the other wild dogs 
that roam and run around in all the various different places in the world. Maybe they say the wolf because it's the most prodigious, right? There's wolves over in Russia and there's wolves in America and there's wolves kind of all over. But there's a lot of coyotes around too. I don't know exactly where all the places there, but I've always been kind of curious about that. So let's challenge that idea for just a minute. That all dogs came from wolves. Now, I will say, I have some presuppositions, so let's be honest about those. Number one, I do believe in the existence of God. I also believe that um, the factual, let, let me see if I can reword that, that the uh, detailed stories of the Bible are true, okay? Now, a lot of people don't believe that, and a lot of people believe that they're kind of like metaphors, and I think there are some metaphors for sure in the Bible, but the one I'm going to refer to specifically is the story of the flood, and I came to... Uh, a very firm belief in the scriptures as a skeptic. So I didn't just, when I was, I was raised in the church, but then I was like, what? I don't know if this is true or not. And so I became very skeptical and went through and really challenged out a lot of these thoughts. And if you've been listening to these podcasts for a while, you know I, I get pretty deep into the thoughts and the whys and the hows on things. So, <clears throat> specifically, let's talk about the flood for a minute. And I'm not going to get into all the defenses of the flood. If you're interested in that, um, you know, if I get enough interest, I'll do a whole podcast on that. It's not really uh, specifically re related to dogs. I'm having trouble talking again. Um, other than in this particular topic that we're going to talk about. So, in the flood story, two of all the unclean animals were brought into the ark. Seven of all the clean animals and certain birds were brought into the ark. None of the water-dwelling creatures were brought on, right? And then there was Noah and his family. So his three sons, well, his wife, his three sons, and their, their uh, wives. And so this is who was on the ark. And if this is true, then when they came off the ark, the dog was with them. And here's, so here's what I believe. <clears throat> I believe that the dog was with them when they came off the ark. I believe that the dog was already, if you want to use this terminology, domesticated when they came off the ark. And I believe the dog was in service to them. I even believe that there is a possibility that they may have brought more than one or more than two. Um, Simply because I think in every culture, the dog has been uh, closely connected with mankind, right? So I think that there's a good possibility that more than one of them owned a dog. And so they made sure that they brought their dogs with them and there may have been more than two. So I think <clears throat> that the dog came off the ark with mankind. And I think that your wild dogs, our dogs, that are the castaways. So the dog does something unique that the wolf does not do. And that is that the dog bonds to mankind. The wolf does not bond. In fact, this is one of the problems with trying to domesticate wolves is they don't bond. You have to breed them with dogs for a certain number of generations to begin getting that back. And it still occasionally shows up in these wolf hybrids. And when they don't bond, they will tend to attack their handlers and of course this doesn't happen all the time but it happens more with young children right so I believe that doing these wolf hybrids is, is relatively dangerous to do especially if you have children around because children move like prey animals often right they, they are weak and they move that way and the wolf sees that and the wolf thinks food <clears throat> so it's something to be uh, careful and concerned about but wolves don't bond to human beings, dogs do. In fact, dogs are the only creature in all of creation, at least that I know of, 
maybe there's an example of something else and you can tell me I'm wrong if I am. But that bonds to humans in such a way that it will choose humankind over its own kind. Right? Horses don't do that. Cats don't do that. Birds don't do that. You can domesticate these creatures, but they will always choose their kind over us if given the opportunity. Right? And I'm not talking about bribing them with food. Oh, I can get them to come to me every time I call them because I have food. Right? <clears throat> That's a, an operant conditioning. That's not a bond. The dog bonds like no other creature in all of creation. So, wolves don't do that. Dogs do. So here's my here's my thought experiment. Well, there are some dogs that don't bond very well or bond less. Right? There were also, <clears throat> if you look back on human history. There was a tremendous amount of uh, tribal warfare, right? Various different kinds of conflict and all of that kind of stuff. And so, because of that, I'm sure many of these tribes, and we have you know evidence of tribes all over the world that <clears throat> we have evidence of tribes all over the world that used dogs in very different ways. The Inuits used them to uh, to pull caribou back to the tribes on sleds. Um, you know, the, the Germanic tribes used them for warfare and hunting. Almost everyone's used them for hunting. Most of the breeds were bred for that. When we started having livestock, we bred them to herd and move our livestock with us or to protect it and things like that, right? Every breed originally had a purpose. <clears throat> well, two things could happen. One is people go, this dog isn't performing the way we want. And remember, people didn't have pets for you know, until just recent times. People couldn't afford pets other than the extremely wealthy and usually they had a much better value of, you know, understanding that there's no usefulness to something just sitting around being a pet, right? So all of the dogs were things uh, that had purposes, that had jobs. So every breed was created for something. The dachshund was a badger hunting dog. Um, most of your small breeds were rat terrier type dogs or were ratting dogs that would kill rats and keep the rat populations down. Um, most breeds or a significant number of breeds were hunting type breeds, uh, retrieving type breeds. And then we have um, war dogs that were bred for warfare and stuff like that. And, um, and so they all had a purpose, right? Well, <clears throat> when a dog wouldn't perform its purpose, they would get rid of it. They would cast it away. And it was a dog that either didn't bond properly. It was a dog that just, you know, uh, didn't have the ability to handle the stress of the work. It was, you know, various different reasons they might cast these dogs away, right? So that's option one. And then option two is that um, some of these tribes would be attacked and the people would all be killed or wiped out or captured and taken away. And in that process, when that would happen, they would, uh, the dogs would just roam off, right? So not all the dogs that went out into the wild were dogs that weren't good dogs. They were just, um, a lot of times these tribes would train the dogs to not be friendly to other tribes right? <clears throat> there's various different ways to do that. So my philosophy, my theory is this, and I'm pretty convinced of it myself, but you could be like, nah, you're a whack job. And that's totally fine too. Is that the wolves and all of the other wild dogs, the coyotes, the foxes, the dingoes, the everything else, that they were the castaways. Now the wolf has probably the most diverse genetics of all of that, but they were the castaways, the ones that didn't work for the people. And, uh, and to this day, they still remain that way, right? The wolves are not nearly as trainable. They're not nearly as domesticatable. Let's see if I can say that word right. Right? <clears throat> and um, so that's my concept. Take it or leave it, but it's worth giving some thought to. Uh, I think it's a pretty uh, interesting idea. So 
Let's see, I'm glancing at my notes to see if there's anything that I missed. Um, yeah, so that's my theory. So interesting concept. Uh, this will probably be a shorter podcast than normal. Um, but if you uh, would like to interact with this, you can always reach out to me. You can send me an email, joel at fortressk9.com. You can text me, again, do not call, follow instructions, um, at 813-836-9244. If you call me, I will not answer, and if you leave a voicemail, I probably won't check it. Um, you can also sign up for my emails on my websites, fortressk9.com and k9academyonline.com. We send out about one email a week. Uh, we usually let you know updates on things like, hey, a litter is getting ready to be born, or we have you know, puppies available, or here's some of the equipment we sell, or here's some training tips, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but we only send out about one email a week on that. Um, also, please go over and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, MeWe, Float, Odyssey. I think that's all the ones we're on right now. Uh, you can do that by going over there and searching for Fortress Canine, for Fortress Canine Puppies, or for Canine Academy Online. You still haven't gotten any of those. Oh, is that on my the Facebook, Instagram stuff? Yeah, you should check those out. There's some good ones. They're they're kind of building those up. Those are the most popular ones that are trying to do the um, the non-censoring and all that kind of stuff. That you know is so much of a, a drama right now. Uh, but if you go over to those spots, please give me a five-star rating. Leave a review. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please do the same thing. Give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you thought we sucked, just don't listen to me anymore and don't leave any rating. Um, <clears throat> but that helps spread the word if you do that for us. And um, don't forget, go check out Fortress Survival over on Instagram and the podcast if you're interested in that type of topic at all. And um, did you sign up for those? You'll have to let me know later because it, I want to make sure you're on our list, Tracy. Um, and then... Um, we have puppies available, just a few. Uh, we have a couple litters coming up this year, but our Mally litter, uh, at least our first Mally litter is already all reserved. Our Dutch litter looks like it's got one or two slots left, and, uh, and we're starting to take deposits. Uh-oh, poor connection. <clears throat> Let's see. Okay, there, we're back. My connection is good again. Uh, we're starting to take deposits on our German Shepherd litter. It will be near the end of 2022, September through December, sometime in that ballpark, if I had to guesstimate right now. And uh, we're going to be doing an all-black German Shepherd litter. Um, or at least the parents are both all-black. We might get some black and tans in there. Uh, so if you're interested in getting an all-black German Shepherd, uh, let us know. I've already got two deposits on that litter as well. We'll be accepting about six total. So um, I think that's everything. I uh, hope this has been helpful for you guys. Remember, until next time, train hard and stay safe. Canine Podcast.